0: Are you ready, black people? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Yeah. Are you ready Are you to ready? listen to all the beautiful black voices, the beautiful black feelings, the beautiful black waves moving in beautiful air? Are you ready, black people? Are you ready? Nobody ever heard of the Harlem Culture Festival. Nobody would believe it happened. Six
1: weekends of major artists.
2: The Panthers were the security, and kids were
0: sitting up on the trees. I was nervous. I didn't expect a crowd like that. Something very important was happening. It wasn't just about the music. 1969 was a change of era in the black community. The styles were changing.
2: Music was changing, and revolution was coming together. We are. New people we are a beautiful people that concert took my life from black and white into color
0: we wanted progress we are black people and we should be proud of this
1: we were coming together to say this
0: was our world and how beautiful it was we're going to try
2: to sing a song together. Don't wait for your neighbor, because your neighbor might be waiting for you.
0: We believed in what we felt in here. So when we went up, let's go. Let's go do it.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Download Podcast Show. I am Darren Jenkins.
1: And I am Chris Saunders.
2: And on today's show, we're doing a relatively new film. But a a film that I think we both agree was pretty important to do. Um, Summer of Soul, uh, directed by Questlove of the Roots. Produced by David Dinerstein, um, Robert vivalent and joseph patel distributed by search slate and hulu i couldn't find the budget anyway i don't know if you found it but i didn't couldn't find that found the box office which was 2.2 and i guess that's a soft 2.2 since it only came out a few weeks ago so um Uh, yeah i couldn't find the
1: budget in fact when i looked up the box office was at 1.4 so i guess uh
2: yeah, I saw 1.4, 1.6, and 2.2. I just went with the higher one. I don't care. So I figure because of so many people I've heard from have said this is a movie that they love. Um, 2.2 sounds reasonable. Um, let me read the synopsis. Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised is a featured documentary about the legendary 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival. The Harlem Cultural Festival took place the same summer as the famed Woodstock Festival and boasted an attendance on par with that concert 100 miles away. Over 300,000 people attended, yet it received virtually no coverage in the mainstream media. 40 hours of never-before-seen footage was originally shot by the late television pioneer, Hal Tuchin, but has remained in storage for the past 50 years, keeping this incredible event, America's history lost until now. Um, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. It was like, I remember when we did, um, we did Woodstock as a podcast, you know, we were like marveling at the number of people that, and all the groups that were in this, in that concert. And I gotta say, they, they. They kind of won up them on this one because I was
1: just like, "What? Wait, what, Wait, what? Yeah, um I was just reading an interview with um one of the producers. It boggles my mind how this sat in somebody's basement for fifty years. Yeah. like okay, so we just need to talk about some of the people that performed at the show because as you were just yeah. kind of um the whole thing starts off with stevie wonder yeah um they got the chambers brother bb king mm-hmm. herbie man the fifth dimension who i didn't know much about but i enjoyed this stuff yeah, fifth dimension. uh I mean, they had a lot of gospel groups come on, but Gladys Knight and the Pips, who we just talked about on a uh, Gladys Knight on our our last bond, Slot uh, and Family Stone, yeah, I, yeah, so, Max Roach and uh, Nina Simone, like this Julia Jackson. I'm like, is, wow. These artists, I mean, this rivals the Woodstock lineup. Yeah, right? it definitely does. Um, and so, you know, great job putting this together. Great job, like I mean, I'm glad they got footage because that could not have happened. But I understand the whole, like, you know, what they call the um, erasure of Black culture and yeah. history, which is the kind of this, kind of what this film, this film is about. But this could have been done a lot sooner.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. This I feel like the world was ready for this maybe twenty or thirty years ago, at least. At
1: yeah. least. Like I even even like early two thousands this could have been made. I like, guess it's twenty year like you know, it's twenty years ago now, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we cross into the next millennium. So it, 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 I just don't understand. I can't fathom why we're just seeing this now and like these amazing performances.
2: And 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 and, and unlike Woodstock, the footage for this looked like it was it was just shot. Like it was Like I don't know what they had to do if they had to do any restoration of any of the the actual footage but if they did, they did a fantastic job because there's a lot of the footage that was from Woodstock that was kind of grainy they even said they they lost a lot of it and some of it was from um, some of the the actual people who uh, attended but this was broadcast quality so you know it's just like in the world they didn't think that all this collection of talent, especially by 78, 79, right? Because by that point in time, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, they're still putting big hits up on the the board. You can't believe this, this, you know, especially Stevie. At that point, he was... These massive stars. What was he,
1: 19? He was only 19 in this video. He was only 19.
2: (laughs) So at 78, he would have been like, what, in his mid-20s? I mean, how do you not go, huh? You know, we shot all this really great footage of all these guys back in the day. We should do something with it. Hmm. I don't
0: know,
1: man. Yeah. And even, even like, I'm looking at an article from The Guardian titled, Summer of Soul Review, the best concert film ever made? Like, question mark? Um, mm. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know mm, if I would agree yeah, with so. that. But even then, so, with the reviews, like you mentioned like, a lot of people you talked to like really love this film. Um, the IMDb is 8.3 out of 10. Yeah. Which, not bad. Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, well, this is the last time I checked, so it was probably last week. 99%. Critics, yeah. audience, ninety-eight percent. That is the highest and most consistent ratings on Rotten Tomatoes that we've ever had doing a film. Yeah,
2: yeah. And we probably will never see that rating again anywhere. So, well,
1: there I check to see if it's still at that level. I kind of want to <laughs> keep the memory. Oh, oh, it is. At the same level. Yeah, so, so, there you go.
2: So, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's the best concert film, but, you know, there's an argument to be made, at least.
1: Let's talk some more about who this film opens up with, which is Stevie Wonder. My God. Every time Mm -hmm. I watch a video of this guy, I am in awe. Absolute awe. Like
0: did you draw?
2: Did you jaw drop? Like when he started? Like you're like, I actually said to myself out loud. I was like, "Are you sure this brother can is blind?"
1: Yeah, because seriously, (laughs) it's it's almost an unfair advantage. I think. I think because you know they say if you lose like one sense and the other ones get enhanced. So fuck Stevie, fuck that dude. That's all I gotta say. Well, this movie kind (laughs)
2: of justifies a lot of like these um i've heard like these different um comedy routines about stevie wonder like backstage different things and, stuff. and it pretty much it pretty much answers a lot of stuff stevie he you know just because he's blind don't sleep on him stevie's got a he's got a little he got a little ghetto in him
1: <laughs> well I, i'm going to talk about something at the end of this podcast because it was at the end of the film and i'm not sure if yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But, um, yeah but so stevie i mean just we know like we know about the voice. Um, we know about the piano. In, this, in in his performance, he does a solo that's out of this world. He does a solo. The, what I, the I, fuck, I, dude! It's it's not it's not these instruments. He's he's mastered them. Uh, and he's he destroying. Plays, he plays, so he's. I mean, he's, I
2: never. I, I, I didn't know. Um,
1: I mean, I, I. So he's just a ridiculous human being. Yeah. And 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 that drum solo was part of that, the intro, right? He's playing the drums and then like they're editing the, the video in and out of like you know different things around the uh, the um festival. It's yeah. really well done. It's really well done.
2: Yeah. Well leave it to Quest Love, right? As a drummer decides <laughs> to go, all right, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to drop some knowledge on y'all right at the beginning of this movie. movie.
1: Well, I mean, that and like drumming is such a huge part of the culture, right? Yeah. Going back to like the Caribbean, going back to Africa. Like, and there's a lot of Latin influence here, and they talk a lot about the drummers there. So yep. I think it's also uh, uh, poignant that he used that as well.
0: Yep. Probably. And
1: also, I have to point out that they're interviewing stevie and he's talking about i want people registered to vote and this is 1969 guess what we're still talking about this man we're still talking about that <laughs> it is I mean, insane the, the parallels that we come across when we're watching a lot of these like, racially
2: yeah um, same conversations so. being had you know so many years later that's kind of that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to Stevie. He don't need it, but he's getting it.
2: Um, well, at the I- beginning of this movie, so the first dude who's on the screen, I actually know Musa M- M- Jackson, um, Harlem Ambassador. Shout out to Musa. I know he's probably watching this. Oh, he will watch this most likely because I'll point it out. But um, it was cool because... Um, you know, he's not, uh, he's not much older than me. I think he's probably, like, maybe a year or two. Or, no, probably a year. And um, it was cool because I like how they sprinkled in um, different, like, testimony, testimonials or, you know, people that went to the actual concert. But some of these people were kids. I mean, they were children when this happened. Yeah, he, so, he, was, he was
1: a child, right? He was talking he about the a child,
2: him. so... Um, I mean, it was '69, so probably in four or five, something like that. To be able to remember that, I don't know if I would have remembered.
1: He might have had one of the best quotes in the film.
0: Yeah, it
1: smelled like Afro Sheen and chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was dying oh man yeah nice was good um yeah i mean so i mean of course they they kind of framed this whole thing amongst a lot of the events that led up to it which was robert kennedy being assassinated mlk right. malcolm max john kennedy a lot of proponents of like equality racial equality and all that stuff so you know this just setting it in that background and that backdrop of being you know, having this huge this is a huge festival <laughs> we already named all the names and like it's yeah. in harlem like one of the meccas of black culture in the united states so uh, to fit that
2: many people in harlem man that's that's impressive
1: At um ugh, i can't remember the, oh mount morris park which is now marcus garvey park in harlem yep,
2: marcus garvey that that must have been insane <laughs>
1: And you know what I noticed, man? Like, this crowd was pretty tame.
2: Yeah, yeah. You noticed that 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 too, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, compared to like, like,
2: you know, they just kind
1: of were chilling and watching. That was it. I mean, they were just. I mean, they were into it. They were fucking vibing. But like, then you watch like. Um, I mean <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just because I knew everybody was on drugs in, in the Woodstock one, <laughs> like like acid and <laughs> shit. It's just like, yeah, some of them are calm, but like they probably don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> so yeah. like, but uh, this crowd seemed very like just locked in to the music, to the vibe, to like, you know, what was happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was I mean it was like you know, I was thinking about this, like kind of you know, just think about How, I mean, you're a musician. You know how hard it is to put together music shows, right? Now, that's now. Like, it's difficult now to put one together. Imagine trying to put, imagine going to City Hall and saying, hey, y'all, I'd like to bring 300,000 Black people together in Harlem and see what their response is now it does help that the dude who ran it was actually friends with the mayor who by the way i gotta say dude was dope i didn't i never heard of this dude before mayor
0: didn't John know Lindsay.
1: he just seemed like a dope dude i was just like okay that's, yeah, that's kind of I, I, I mean, he just, I mean, I think they they spoke about it like he was just comfortable around black people, which you can't be said about he, a lot a of white gold people over that time. Wow. I, 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 I didn't even notice that. Um, yeah. yeah, so he supported the festival, which I mean, that's probably the reason it got <laughs> it happened. Because, yeah. you know, you need that it so like
2: hard trying to put this show together.
1: Yeah, and then the guy that did it Tony Lawrence. Yep. Um he's a, he's a character man.
2: Oh yeah, he he definitely was the perfect dude to put this together.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had the personality. I mean, he's a promoter. He looked like a a, a performer. I thought he was going to start singing at some point like yeah. like, oh, with the now, ruffles, like uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his, his
2: outfits. Oh my god. Yeah, His outfits were strictly out of
0: dolomite
1: <laughs> yeah um, but it, it, if they didn't really go into it I would have liked to have heard more about it but um, you know obviously there's similar challenges to Woodstock which is like obviously getting the axe there to sign up yeah, and come and then like right and is a free event soon right and, free, and, and, and then you have like I mean you need City Hall sign off which you spoke about yeah all these things all these uh, barriers um, probably probably even harder because it is a black yeah that's
2: events. my point I was like this must have been this there's no way this wasn't like this might we don't know whether this is the best concert to be single but I guarantee it was one of the hardest ones to put together
1: yeah mm-hmm. Big ups to Maxwell House for sponsoring the event. Yeah, that was huge. That took some stones, man.
2: <laughs> Maxwell House is kind of like was was a huge brand back then. They were everywhere. It was kind of it's like the equative of getting Google to like sponsor <laughs> your event that's it's that kind of brand recognition must
1: is huge yeah so yeah man this uh, i don't know yeah to your point like putting together events for just myself like me or my band is hard enough like this guy brought together a shit ton of acts and like big acts (laughs) big
2: like when i did not so I didn't, I didn't, I purposely didn't check out to see who all the acts were going to be before I watched the film, because I kind of wanted to be surprised. So, you know, it was just kind of like one surprise after the other, and then the, you know, the the last one where they throw Nina Simone in there, which is just like, like I feel like this movie, her appearance in this movie, was kind of like, like jazz for dummies. Like, like if you didn't know who this person was before and you just bought, cause you know, there's so many people who just buy Nina Simone records cause it's cool, but they don't know much about her. And I'm like, if you want to know what she is about this, her, her performance in this tells you everything. Like. Just
1: hearing her voice was just ridiculous. That's that's how I feel about Bob Marley. <laughs> a lot of people just buy his shit because they smoke weed. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, that kind of leads me to another point: the the, the variety of, of styles of genres mm. represented here. Like it wasn't just yeah. like like I don't know R and B. It was right. soul, gospel. There was like a um, what was it fifth? What was it next? What, element? I forgot what that group is called. Oh, the Fifth Dimension. Oh, Fifth Dimension? Um, they were like considered pop. pop. Um,
0: yeah.
1: they have, you got funk, you got la, even like Latin, Afro-Latino vibes, yeah. R&B, jazz, Afrobeat, like with that Hugh Mesa, Mesa- Kela guy. Yeah, he was great. That being said, I'm actually surprised there wasn't reggae.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of well. New York, has, I mean, New, York,
1: New York has a huge Caribbean population. Yeah. You got a place in Queens called Jamaica. Like, you know, it's. Um, and they were, they were all over East East uh, Harlem
2: during that time. So in 1968,
1: but that's peak Bob, you know?
2: <laughs> well, is, so wasn't Bob at uh, Woodstock?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember seeing any footage of you him. Know?
2: I don't know if he was or not, but maybe or maybe he was supposed to be. And he never because remember there were a bunch of artists who were supposed to be and they 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 just backed out last minute
1: because yeah, yeah. you know. But um, I do want to go back to the Afro Latino because they have uh, Mr. Lin Manuel Miranda in this uh, documentary talking. And they are talking about Afro-Latino music. This just brings me back to In the Heights. I knew you were going <laughs> to that. whole conversation about like lack of Afro-Latino representation. <laughs> and like, he's going to be up, up in this documentary mm-hmm. talking Let about Let me shit. give my testimonial on it. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you know there's Black Latino folks. <laughs> you didn't represent them properly in the film. Anyway, I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> It's just funny maybe, that he's.
2: Uh, maybe he decided to be. Maybe he has to be in it so he could kind of like
1: offset all the criticism. Yeah, offset. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. So I guess you know we've talked about Stevie Wonder. Uh. Oh, he was. He did a "It's Your Thing," "Should Be Do Be Do That Day." Yeah. um i thought um <laughs> well they had the, the chambers brothers come on and play a song called uptown uh, oh yeah it's pretty dope but you know you think they pander into the harlem no they had had to play that shit yeah they had uh, to one of the guitarists don't you think he looked like um one of fat albert's crew <laughs> 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 He was one of the guitarists, man. He's trying
0: like, to say, man.
1: Uh, he looked like he looked like the dude that had the hat over his head, the red cap. <laughs> 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 anyway.
0: Hey, boo. <but>, hey, boo.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and man, it was nice to watch BB King here. Yeah, he was. Yeah, in his like, maybe he's just
2: never looked young. You know, but he played like I, I don't think I remember seeing him because I, I, I haven't seen him. I never really saw him until he got older. Um, so it was good to see him while he could still
1: really, you know. Yeah, I, I saw him when he was. Uh, I saw him at a show uh, uptown when he was eighty. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it? Uh, oh man, uptown in the seventies. I can't remember the name of the spot, but um. Man, he he talked more than he played and sang, uh, which was super disappointing. Because right before him, it was um, <laughs> uh, who played? Buddy Guy played open oh, for him,
0: God.
1: and wow. he's he was ten years young, He was still seventy. He's an old guy. That dude was jamming out, dancing, playing mm. with his tongue and shit. Oh. And I was like super excited. All right, I got this motherfucker, and now I can watch BB King. I was super excited. And this guy spent about 10 minutes reenacting a an ins- insurance commercial. An insurance commercial? Yeah. Well, you know, with that girl Flo, was it progressive? He like reenacted this. this oh, yeah. Ad. Okay. I was like, dude, you got it. That's <laughs> yeah. sad. Yeah. It's
2: like, dude, I did not pay to come see you do a Geico commercial.
1: No. <laughs> At least I saw Buddy Guy,
2: you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, it was good to see him in in like during a younger time because, I mean, he played. I mean, he nobody nobody plays quite like him. He's the way he plays, kind of. Well, he influenced you
0: know, a
1: bunch of motherfuckers play like him now because because of him.
2: Yeah, because of him.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, they uh, the MC referred to him as the greatest blues singer in the world. How do we? we do? Look, what about what about like Albert King though? He's pretty dope. No, he's dope too. And then, like, I mean, you gotta do Billy Ray Vaughan.
2: And then there's I I can't remember her name. There's a woman actually. There's a woman who was around in. The, I want to say 1850s, um, who doesn't get a lot of credit for her move playing.
1: Oh, it's in there. She's like, yeah, she's like the big, you know what I'm about, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, sister, but I mean, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that too.
0: I think that was.
1: Oh, my rainy, my rainy too.
2: My rainy's obviously dope too. So
1: yeah, um, yeah. So with the song that uh, BB plays, uh, "Why I Sing the Blues," I immediately added that to my <laughs> playlist because I didn't have. Mm.
2: it. <laughs> yeah, I have a few songs to my
1: playlist after this. Actually, oh yeah, oh yeah, um, so, yeah. Then they, they go into like, you know, talking about how, quote, Mark uh, Harlem was a melting pot of style. And <laughs> you saw a bunch of people like the she they talk about the Sheikis and the afro and stuff like that. Um, and they actually interview a stylist, and uh, he says, This is about all we have left to identify ourselves. Mm. I
2: was like, Whoa. Oh, shikis. yeah, man, I remember those things. Everybody had shikis and um, afro picks in the back of the hair, and
1: yeah, it
2: was dope. It was a, it was a dope time,
1: yeah. Um, do you
2: think, um, Is there any modern, do you think there's any modern day music concert that we'll look back on similarly? as the way we look back on on like Woodstock and
1: and this Uh, I don't know I I, I haven't been to a ton of festivals just because I hear about all the ridiculous shit that happens now and a lot of them have become like you know you talk about SXSW South by South yeah yeah uh, is it that or, or Austin City Limits where it's become very commercialized and then like that turns away a lot oh. of like you know real music Southwest,
2: Southwest yeah because yeah,
1: they have the tech side of it they have a film side of it right so yeah, yeah it's not just music is a combo of things so I remember going to um, I, I know I know a lot of people like Afro Afro Punk I haven't oh, been to that one yet that's dope
2: Uh, I've gone a couple times recently.
1: Well, I know I know uh, Gary Clark Jr. has played there before, and I was not able to go. Mm. Um, I I went to one. Now I can't remember the name. It was. It's in Jersey City, Jersey City Park over there. Oh. uh... I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. It's, I it's, no, it's no longer running. Yeah, uh, I only went because my my step was uh, he was he did the visuals, all the, the video there, so I got in for free for a couple days. Oh, that was cool. Um, that was, I mean, I have nothing really a lot to compare it to, but it was. dope. Mm. I mean, it helps that it was free, but it was dope because like. Well, who, I missed the first. I think it was a Friday. Um, it was supposed to be Beastie Boys headlining that day. Oh, wow. And then that was the year that one of them got diagnosed with cancer.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah.
1: Jay Z replaced them. Jay Z. Oh, Jay Z. So I missed that day and that performance. I don't know if I needed to see Jay Z. But the Saturday mm. night headliner was um, Nine Inch Nails. Hmm. Um, which was very strange. They were very strange. Yeah, they're definitely not for um, everybody. So then, I, but you know who I saw there for the first time? The Black Keys. Oh, I want to see the Black Keys actually. That that is a live band, and and at the time it was just the drummer and the guitarist. Right, since they've added some pieces, but it was just the two of them. Oh, what? And I'm just in a beer garden right across from the stage. There's three three big stages, just drinking my beer and just listening to them. It sounded like a full band, dude. Those wow. guys are nuts.
0: Hmm. Like so,
1: so that 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 performance really is the thing that really got me into them. And then there was a couple mm. other bands, but the the Sunday headliner, oh, Gogo Bordello, was another band. I can't remember which day, Saturday or Sunday. Gogo Bordello. I mm. was mm. like eastern european like they're kind of gypsies but they live in in like brooklyn right and they actually had a song that was in a, a video game commercial uh that i recognize and i'm like listening to them and like they're really crazy like people are wearing like luchador masks and there's a guy with a fucking accordion and like women. Mm. Dressed weird, and this guy's just running up and down the stage. Long hair, shirt off. Like, it's insane. He's got the roughest voice. He's <laughs> like, I am the man, the, man, the, man, the man. He sings like that, <laughs> but it was so entertaining, and the music was so energetic. Um, I, 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 I dug that man. I, they have a song called "Alcohol" that I have on my. Uh, my playlist is like oh, mm. oh, oh we talking about how much he loves it. <laughs> it's like, nice. It's on my liquid therapy playlist. Uh-huh. Um, but the headliner for the Sunday was Coplay. Oh. And that's that's though that's, that's that's my people. That's my voice right there. And that was a dope performance, man. There, there I've seen them a few times, but in a, a festival setting it was pretty dope. All that being said, all points west was the name of the festival. Well,
0: that being said, oh, us.
1: you know it, it's not it's not the same magnitude, but they had multiple stages. So, yeah.
0: mm.
2: I wonder if L- L- uh, Lola Palooza would be one of those. I, I, don't know. I think I don't think, think it can be because I think they since they do it every year. To me, it can't be qualified, right? Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like there's something different when it's a one-off, and you'll never see these people gathered again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, and this does not go with your point, but Glastonbury is a pretty big one in the UK, mm. but that's every year as well. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are there aren't? Are there any one-off? F- was it the fire? Oh, fire um, festival. F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one-off.
2: <laughs> but they also um. um hmm? Oh, uh, um.
1: Well, uh, there's, uh... We we might have to to do this because uh, there's another one on HBO called Woodstock 99. That's when they tried to recreate it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We might have to do that, too. Yeah, I think
2: we might have to.
1: (laughs) But yeah, um, to answer your question, probably not. There's probably never going to be anything like Woodstock. Mm. And there's never going to be anything like this this festival because that's...
2: Oh, you know, I was going to mention maybe, um... Maybe remember Live
1: Aid? Yeah, Uh, that was the the first one in like what the eighties. Yeah. Then they did like Live. Then they did. um, Did But that was there was a series of those.
2: There was like two two more or two more. I think one was virtual, more
1: virtual. Uh, I mean, I I went to one in uh, I think it was a giant stadium. Yeah, that that was uh, Uh, something. Oh no, no, no. It was it was Philly. I went to one in Philly. I think that was live um, eight. They had like Will Smith perform, Jay-Z, yeah. uh Pink Floyd, uh Maroon Five. They, they had a, a line, Maroon Five was horrible live. Oh, I think I uh, I think that you know what? I always say I've never heard a Parliament Funkadelic, but I think they were at that show.
2: Uh, they should have been because they play, aren't they from Philly? I think they're from Philly.
1: Yeah. So I think I've actually seen them live. But you know, it's a when it's like a, a bunch of artists, yeah. you don't get that full experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but those are a lot less frequent, so yeah, it might be the closest thing. Mm. They don't do them anymore. So oh, I, I was was Live A the um the one the Queen played at? Yeah. So I know people will think Nats Marvel just based off of the Queen performance. Yeah. So
2: Queen was there. Um I think the police performed. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson.
1: Well that's um, that, that, that done. Did Madonna perform too? Because then Madonna, um Bruce Springsteen. I mean that's that's like those people that's those are those are, are those are those are all icons. Everyone yeah, so their like the,
2: the icon lineup, you know, like yeah, so you just
1: gotta throw like Stevie in there. You gotta throw like James I, Brown. I think he was in there. I think James
2: Brown was in not as well. And George Michael, when they was when they he was still with Wham. Wham. Um, but he did like some solo shit there. I think.
1: Oh, so. um, another. I just pulled up the list. Dire Straits. Higher uh, Streets. David Bowie, The Who. Yeah, you said Wham, yeah. Paul McCartney. So, yeah, there's a bunch of icon music icons. Phil so Collins. Man. Oh, man.
2: Oh, yeah, Phil Collins. That's right. You gotta remember, like, it was the 80s, right? So, 80s, like, to me, still best decade for music and film.
1: Oh, shit. Sade was there.
2: Sade, right. Damn
0: yeah
2: wish so, I El- wish El- El- El-
1: Elton John of course. Yeah yeah I mean that was definitely that that is definitely on the level of, of Woodstock.
2: Yeah 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 I mean this you know this you know the difference between this and Woodstock is that this was much more attached to a bigger conversation. You know what I mean? And, um... Like, I mean, it's part of my what-the-fuck moments, but I'll say it. Like, the fact that they had people walking around asking people about the moon landing, and I'm just like, what did, Like, what did they expect anybody there to say? Oh, yeah, the moon landing is so much more important. than They're like, get the fuck out of
0: here.
1: <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, that response was pretty... Consistent, like those, consistent. I, I, those. Those are some of my quotes. Is don't think this is don't think it's more relevant than the Harlem Cultural Festival. Uh, another person said they could have used that money to feed the poor people in America. Yeah, and again, again, something we are hearing today. with We're uh, still hearing that. Yeah, we Bezos just heard about and, the rocket launch with Bezos and uh, what's his name <laughs> going into space, right? So, shit. I mean, but then again, you know, the difference is this is the government spending the money versus like rich right. individuals spending their money. Right. That's, it is a difference there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But the point, the point, point the point, is well taken.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think <laughs> they also, so. They also had comics on this show, or at least one comic. Yeah, I have never ever seen a black ventriloquist
0: before.
2: <laughs> oh, this dude used—I remember him when I was a kid. He would be on. He was. He was really popular. This dude was on the Carol Burnett show. He's been on different game. Uh, he's been on Tonight Show. He was. He was brilliant. He was hilarious. It was him. And bill cosby that's our oh and red fox who was on who was actually in this movie so, yeah
1: yeah they interviewed red fox
2: um mom's mabley which who who was hilarious and I'm, I'm like i just i'm still like they got Moms Mabley, man. They got Nina Simone, Moms Mabley, B.B. King, Stevie Wonder, all in the same show. I'm like, I can't even, like, if if I was, you know, 15 years old during this time, I, it, I wouldn't have been able to
1: even fathom that shit, man. Well, <laughs> on top of that, um. The, uh, the fifth dimension that I mentioned earlier, they they sing The Age of Aquarius. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of like mashup of Age of Aquarius, something called uh, Let the Sun Shine. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, I had to look that up real quick. I was like, wait, I didn't know they fucking sang that shit. The, yeah. this, and they have another song called Don't You Hear Me Calling to You. Yeah. The, the, they sound like the mamas and papas, like they would have fit right in at Woodstock with their yeah. style. Uh, and they talk about that like a quote, quoting one of the, the lead, one of the lead singers, soul artists don't do pop music. Pop artists didn't do soul music. There right. wasn't that crossover, and like I, you could probably say that they're they're like a one of the founding fathers and mothers of of like crossover.
2: <laughs> and she uh, Marilyn McCoo, who was the lead singer at the um um, there was a couple of things that were happening with her too, where because when you hear her voice, she sounds, she doesn't sound like what most white people consider a black voice, right? So during that time, she was kind of on the same level as like Carole King, Karen Carpenter from the Carpenters and her, they, she, she, these three women kind of kind of set the tone for pop music at that point in time, but she's a black woman but she's light skinned and there, there was the, there was the thing, where you know, like in the com- community back then, light skinned like my mother, doesn't wasn't really black, you know, weren't you weren't black per se, um, and so her being the head singer, singing music that, like you said, crosses over, probably. That must've been a pretty tough sled for them to be trying to pull. But every man, every able-bodied man had a huge crush on her.
1: Well, that's what uh, isn't that what your boy was talking about, Musa Jackson? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he was talking about that. I mean, of course, this resonates with me, which is another thing I think she said, um, that they weren't black enough, and that the black group with the white sound, like, you know, we had this conversation years ago about doing like a, a web series. It's called Black Enough. starring more and you know we could have just filled we could fill fucking seasons and seasons with like shit like that
2: yeah absolutely and like like most of this film it resonates across j- like decades and so it's a pretty timeless t- topic mm. so and
1: then we had oh happy day oh uh, yeah uh, edwin hawkins and his like group sister act two popped in my head right away <laughs> <laughs> okay. um yeah that that woman's voice like she's just like singing super deep like right down here like, her register ooh. was pretty broad and she just started belting the i think her name was adrian crier and she just starts fucking belting yeah. Oh um, my yo, that shit was nuts, and it's like it was like gospel, but also like soul pop.
2: It took me back, man. It took me back because I, you know, I remember having to do that song in, in church and gospel choir and whatever. And this and, and this song also, like it. Had many lives. So during the 60s and 70s, early 70s, like you said, it was gospel. It was R&B. It was bluesy. But then once the 80s got here, this same song was remixed by DJs and clubs, and they they started turning them into house. Like it, it started becoming this house thing, and so. You know, it's it just, it's such a, um, I don't know. It's just a very.
1: Timeless. Timeless piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they talk about, you know, this mash of gospel and soul to bring like pe- young people back to God. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. religious undertones in this as well. And they had a lot of gospel acts. Yeah, a lot of gospel acts. It uh, kind of remind me of uh, Ray Charles, man. <laughs> Which is somebody
2: was missing from the actual show. One. Yeah. So is Al Green, by the way. Mm-hmm. So is Marvin Gaye, by the way. <laughs> uh
1: wait a minute, yeah. They brought they somebody on they were talking though. Mm-hmm. Did Marvin Gaye not make an appearance? did he, if he did i didn't I don't, I don't i don't oh david ruffin david ruffin
2: david Ruff, oh my god by the way <laughs> why why don't we hear more about this dude as like one of the best vocalists ever did you hear did you hear that one note he carried for like 30 mm. minutes
0: <laughs>
1: yeah i was like whoa dude um it's my i we just think about leon from the temptations oh. <laughs> yeah yeah because he, um, if the, the if the movie if the film is accurate, like he goes off the deep end, right? Yeah. Like um, I camera was alcoholism and whatever. So, so this this is um soon after he split with the Temptations. Mm. This, uh, this appearance,
2: which would explain why possibly they why they didn't make an appearance here. Mm. <clears throat> Because temptations of spinners, um, the four tops—they, you know, those are got; those were staples in households,
1: you know. So, oh, I gotta. So that song, uh, so David Ruffin sings "My Girl," at least that's the one they showed. Mm. Um, but before that, they do a song uh called Precious Lord Take My Hand. It was a supposedly ML Martin Luther King's favorite song. Right. And they had the two female vocalists oh, going back and forth. Right. My God. Like, I mean you heard like you saw yeah. the crowd and you heard the crowd like reacting to that. Like that was that was some next level. If for if for any other reason like at all, watch this film for that part.
2: <laughs> yeah. That that was um yeah actually i read somewhere um when quest was trying was you know putting this together he considered making that the last piece on like the closing act and um but then he thought that um, he, you know, he thought that it, it would make it more of an impact in the middle of the the, the movie, where everything kind of has this gospel feel to it, and 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 um, I, good good decision. First of all, second of all, it was yeah. yeah I mean. Like you could cry a while just it's just like this there's so many powerful moments in this in this movie. Like you could just there's a lot of different emotions that come through. And um I can guarantee you that that moment will never be again seen on film.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's I don't I don't even know because you're talking about how he, he he placed everything in the film, so I actually don't know where all these what the actual lineup was with all these, but all these artists and acts. But um, even going into, uh, I mean, Gladys Knight and the Pips, they do a version of "I Heard It Through the Grapevine." Um, she, they're calling, they call her the Queen of Soul. Uh, the Pips harmonies, it, it just, yeah, everything like that. That in itself is, was just so powerful. Um, her voice is a,
2: her voice was so crisp and so strong, and she just sang so easily. It was just re- like I, I forgot how good she was.
1: And then um, they had this uh, guy, Ray Barreto, they talked about for a little bit. This is part mm. of like Lynn manuels part. Uh, he did a song called a- Abidjan. Uh, they yep. call him the new, they call him the original New Yorican. <laughs> yep. So that, Born and raised in New York, but like connected to his roots, Puerto Rican roots. Um, And that goes into like the the Latino and Afro Latino music that they brought in there as well. Like it was a great mix of of genres, as I said before. Right. And then they had a guy called Max Roach with Abby Lincoln playing a song. Max Roach. They played like It's Time and play Africa. I mean, it it was just, yeah, just the, the moments in itself, like those were powerful just because of the variety of music we were hearing.
2: I I heard, um, I forget what album it's on, but um, there's an album where Max Roach accompanies um, Miles Davis. It's simply one of the most filthy songs. It's just filthy. You just like, just put I just I can't touch it don't put it on me it's just those dudes and then there's one I think with him and Thelonious monk as well <laughs> so that's where I, I know Max Roach through the jazz world mm. but I think he also has he, he has some time in blues and as well so yeah. and then
1: we've got Nina Simone, who pretty much closes out this film.
2: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. The
1: backlash blues was dope. To be young, gifted, and (laughs) black—I mean, great. What a message! Like she is. This is like probably one of the most unique voices I've ever heard. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, she. um, The guy says something. It was a quote. Like "He, he can make he he can. Her voice does like she can make you like can express happiness and 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 sadness all at the same time. Like she's telling the story, this how she tells her story. like it just she's not a singer. Like to me, she's a poet, but she's a poet with a with a fantastic voice and. Even how she plays the piano, it just Mm -hmm. sounds—it's different. So much more expressive. Like she's emphasizing the things that she needs you to pay attention to. Um, Just—I wish I could have seen her live, man. Yeah,
1: I mean, she's
0: definitely
1: on my wish list. I mean, Stevie's on my wish list, but this (laughs) guy—he's. still going up until you know yeah. until the pandemic yeah uh, i'm glad i've 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 been able to see some of the some of the, the legends like i said bb king and buddy guy um but like stuff like jimmy cliff a lot of reggae artists Freddie mm. mcgregor i've been able to see um rita marley i've, I've seen perform hmm so yeah, I've, I've 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 checked off some boxes, but you know, a lot like Prince, MJ. <laughs> missed out on those.
2: I saw Stevie. I almost saw Prince. Because there used to be a club on um 14th
0: Street, I think it is. Mm.
2: Um called Nell's. And every now and then somebody would, people would come through and the upstairs, there was a piano upstairs on the main floor. And normally it was just a lounge. People would be hanging out up there. But every now and then you'd be downstairs dancing and people would start leaving the room. You're like, where's everybody going? Stevie Wonder's upstairs. Mm -hmm. What? You get upstairs and he's sitting at the piano, just jamming and singing. And people were just standing around watching, like just, you know, I'm like, it's two o'clock in the morning. Ain't Stevie supposed to be asleep? <laughs> um, Prince did that once, and I the night he did it, I didn't go.
1: Well, they've had, you know, they've done, that's happened at the bitter, bitter end a lot. And I'm never there. I'm never there when it happens. Yeah, it's just infuriating. I'm like the the booker there and me, like our friends on Facebook. Like he's been he booked all my shows, all my 20 shows I played there. I'm like, dude, can you just give shoot me a fucking text if these motherfuckers roll up in the spot? Damn. Yeah,
2: and especially now that you're in in Manhattan, so now you can like if you have to
1: roll out, you can roll out quick. Um, and then like I think it was the closing credits. They play a song called "Have Little Faith in the One You Love," but I'm mm. not sure. I couldn't. I like, wasn't sure who 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 the uh, performer was. The Chambers Brothers. Was it the Chambers Brothers? Yeah, because um, I I couldn't I couldn't Shazam any of these people, just because it was Man. all live performances. But um, yeah. I mean, I've already mentioned a few. Do you have any other quotes that? Grabbed you.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think you got the ones that I were going to cap on, which was you know the whole um when they went through the crowd and started asking people about the and the
0: mm-hmm.
2: moon, which um you know <laughs> I I still you know, like I said. I still say that was probably just the dumbest sh- thing I've ever heard like but I also understand why they did it too like why when they did it they did it um I'm just surprised that they actually broadcasted it, 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 the answers <laughs> because you know <laughs> what I did like what I was going to say real quick is is um you know, while you see most mostly black faces in the crowd, but if you look, there's all these different other individuals in the crowd, which I thought was really cool. It was like, you saw white people in the crowd, I saw there was a, a dude with his little girl on his shoulders, white guy with his, his daughter on his shoulders, watching it, watching it.
0: <clears throat>
2: and to your original, your uh, earlier point, this was just a peaceful, chill crowd, people just enjoying and loving the music. And I love that people didn't, like, they just let, they just, the music was more important. You know what I mean? It was just about being there and experiencing that situation. I thought that was a beautiful thing to uh, to have happen. So, but as far as quotes, I, have, I don't have a lot of quotes uh I do have one quote, but we haven't gotten to that part yet. Uh
1: well, the end. Yeah. I mean that was <laughs> I'm surprised because you never go past the credits. So I'm surprised you saw this.
2: Cause I was sitting here writing my notes while the credits were rolling. And all of a sudden came up and there's Stevie and I'm like, what the fuck? Is this Marvel? What's
1: going on here? Dude, the, the whole credits go and then they just pop back up on stage with, with Stevie and I don't know his... his I don't even know who that was. It was entourage or something. And are you going to say it? You can't, you can't go. <laughs> this dude, I don't know why, like Stevie is just like keeps on tugging on his, his arm or his jacket or some shit. And the dude goes, the rain is bad enough and you got your hands on my clothes get your hands off my clothes. And Stevie says, what you mean your clothes? I bought them. <laughs> and the crowd <laughs> just starts dying. <laughs> I don't know. Why did they put this shit in there, man?
2: I mean, why did they do that? I was like, why did they put that in there?
1: Oh, my God. That was, was raw. That was some raw shit. That's,
2: uh, I forget the name of this comedian. There's a comedian who tells a story about one night when he goes out to this club, this comedy club, <clears throat> to watch some guys perform, and he gets there, and Stevie Wonder's there, and Stevie Wonder basically steals his girl, <laughs> and ain't on top and then on top of it, so the girl goes back to Stevie's. I think what happened was, go uh, Stevie was performing, and then afterwards. Like Stevie asks for her to come back to his room, his his room, talking about he's feeling down or some shit, and so she goes back, and he's so the comedian, this dude is standing out front, like, you know, what the fuck? So she comes out, and she goes, uh, I'm gonna stay here with Stevie for a while, Um <laughs> Here you go, and she hands him a crisp one hundred dollar bill, so he could get a cab home. And he goes, "Oh no, you no, he didn't. This is Stevie's money. I know Stevie's money. This Chris hundred dollar bill didn't come out of your your purse. That nigga stole my girl and then sent me home in a cab." <laughs> After seeing this on at the end of this movie, I gotta believe that story is fucking true. There's something there's something that people don't know about Stevie, <laughs> and I love Stevie to death, but I don't think you want to mess with Stevie Wonder.
1: Yeah, I don't um, think you want to mess with Stevie Wonder. Um, Stevie,
2: if you're listening to this, please don't come to my house.
1: <laughs> Steal my woman. <laughs> Steal my woman. Hang on. Hang on, hang on. Um, Oof. man, I, I have a bunch, man. I ain't gonna go through all of them. Um. Well one thing that struck me was uh I can't I don't I don't catch his name, but these black leaders, community leaders, uh in their speeches were saying if that means tearing up our communities pro- uh, to protest, we will. Again, like I just a lot of stuff that we heard last summer. Um they just was it, that e- any, uh, Jackson probably. I don't think so. I would I would have remembered that. Um mm-hmm. Oh, but Al. Sh- well, there's one from Al Sharpton saying gospel was how we dealt with the stress of and oppression of being black in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, man, I gotta be selective here. I'll, I'll, I'll do Gladys Knight's quote which is uh the festival was about more than just music we wanted our people to lift us up so right it's it's it, if if you talk about this versus like woodstock woodstock was very much like let's get high and listen to great music right. whereas right. this had very different cultural undertones and feeling
0: right
2: well <clears throat> so i'm gonna read this this is this is what Questlove says about this, and he's like, "Um, um, I'm very shocked that you're interviewing me. This means that a change is happening because this ain't uh, Pitchfork of 15 years old. Pitchfork is the, the publication. I didn't want to compare and contrast to the original Woodstock, but it was only in doing this film that I was like, oh, I get it. Woodstock itself wasn't a life-changing event. The life-changing event was the Woodstock movie. What made Woodstock great was the fact that we were were told that Woodstock was great. I waited a long-ass time to finally open Prince's autobiography, The Beautiful Ones, because closure is a hard thing, but there's a chapter where Prince talks about his dad taking him to Woodstock and Woodstock really speaking to him. And I'm just, I think he says something. Woodstock was not a lot, like it, when we watched that, people were talking about how, oh, this was so impactful. But was it really, though? I mean, like, outside of the fact that more kids were probably born in that concert than any other concert ever?
1: Well, I mean, that's what I was saying, is that uh, half half, well, probably more than half the folks probably don't even remember what happened there. Right. They were Super fucking high. Like we 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 did the we did the documentary on Woodstock and like people like they had a fucking medical tent because people had to like get their stomachs pumped and shit like that. You know it's so yeah yeah.
2: And at the end of this movie, some at the end of this movie, some I I don't know whose voice it is, but somebody is saying they didn't realize how impactful this film, what this, this festival was until after everybody, until after it was ended. You know, like how big it was. And I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can kind of understand that because in the moment you're probably caught up in what's happening in front of you, but it's not until afterwards that you realize what you just experienced. And the worst part about it is nobody there was footage of it they could they could have i was thinking someone could have turned it into like a, um a film and just played it at all the theaters that black people go to
1: well that was another thing that musa said he's like crying at the end and he's just saying something about you know sometimes you're not sure if your memories are real yeah um, and because this footage was essentially ignored for fifty years, you know, yeah, you can probably get that feeling.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and especially if you're young, right? Because you don't, when you're that young, you don't know. Like sometimes, once you get older, you, you're right. You don't under, You don't know what's real versus what you kind of just filled in the blanks with, with and made up. You know, and
1: um, well, I did have some WTF
2: moments. (laughs) I know one that I was gonna, but
1: I'll let you go. No, you go. I got, I got a few.
2: There's only there was really only one that I well, there were a couple, like um, the outfits that. At the fifth dimension, was the fifth dimension? Yeah, fifth dimension. Yeah. What the fuck? This
1: is why they would have fit in at Woodstock.
2: It was like, I was like, wow, like even there even that time, people were like, okay, okay, you gone too far now. Um, there was a scene where I guess they were showing footage of like kids playing in the playground, and this kid is on a sw- <laughs> swing. And he's swinging, and the next thing you know, he swings and he just jumps on this fence. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, uh, yeah, that's all that. right. Yeah, it was, it was, but it was like, you know what? That's that's what playing outside was for kids. It was quite dangerous.
1: <laughs> well. I just have to reiterate in my what the fuck moment section that this footage was lost for fifty years.
2: That's I think that's just the the, the overarching what the fuck moment for this movie because well I don't like I would I don't I wanna know one how it was discovered and two like who discovered it and like what was their first thought like oh, oh shit we, we we should do something with this, you know like you know yeah they,
1: they really don't discuss that or go over that i'm like dude like <laughs> who's to blame <laughs> all right like, yeah yeah exactly it's it's,
0: it it's it's it's
1: it's one thing for this not to be aired at the time but it's 50 somebody... years is a lot of time Somebody dropped the ball. For someone to not be like every single year, just trying to pitch it somewhere until like barriers are broken down. So (laughs) that that was my first one. Um, The other one was like very early on with Stevie Wonder, the guy holding the umbrella over him while he was performing. (laughs) 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 It's reminded me of, if you go to a Damian Marley show ever, he's just got this flag guy. He's got a guy waving like a Rastafarian flag, and it's just the whole show. He's just flipping it, turning it, twisting it over, switching it up without stop, like not stopping the whole time. Shh. This guy must have the most brolic arms in history. I wonder how much he makes. So this guy, Stevie Wonder's uh, personal umbrella dude, just caught me, <laughs> caught my attention.
2: You catch the dude who, uh, while he was playing, uh, playing the keyboards and he does like, kind of like this move like this. So he's jamming and some dude comes over and kind of like pushes him back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was what like, I that... don't
1: think there's a problem for him. He didn't, yeah. He didn't care. Yeah. Uh, that was odd um well and then there's a whole co- conversation about you know the war on drugs and heroin
0: <laughs>
1: that yeah through and that, that's just kind of par for the course when we're talking about it's, it's being black in America right yeah um, like we've heard this conversation so many times but that's always in my what the fuck moments
0: so
2: I feel like if we ever do our 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 MCU our, our music universe. That's going to mean that's going to be like a. I mean, it's in, in and of itself is something cuts across every. It seems like every genre and every timeline and every variant.
1: You know? Yeah. Don't use the word variant. um So. I feel like we have to go ahead and skip our usual first two questions for this one since it's a... What? You don't think
2: Tom thinks could be in this movie?
1: No. He could play the the, the mayor, the mayor of New York.
2: I'll put Um, him in the the Afro-Cuban
0: band.
1: (laughs) This is great.
0: Um, And
1: I'm not putting... Tears in Heaven in the soundtrack, so let's just ask um, what's your favorite song from the the, the show, the festival, and uh, is there a song that encompasses this documentary?
2: You know, I... Um, you know, some of these songs brought back some memories, because you know, I grew up, this is you know, I was... I would have been four, just about to turn four, and we listened to all these people. Everybody that was probably. What do you mean for, these? Like, people? huh? What do you mean these people? Yeah, whatever. Um, Racist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm damn right. Um, <laughs> I, I probably my favorite song. This is hard because I mean, there's so many songs I love on this. Um, But I think my favorite one, because I never really saw her live, is Backlash Blues. Um, It was just her performance was so powerful. I just really enjoy her voice. Mm -hmm. This is like, I really just, something about this performance and her voice in this performance that made me just realize really who she is and um as far as my a song that I you know I looked at all these damn songs and I feel like every every song could kind of be aimed at you know a piece of this movie um like he didn't have to score. Like, if, if Quest Love had to score this, he couldn't have scored it any better. Right? This, to me, was in itself the best score you could possibly create for the movie. Um, but I think. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say everyday people by uh sliding the family stone mm-hmm. simply because I think it was kind of like um a, a a love song to the people of Harlem. So
1: um I mean yeah I mean backlash blues um I, it's again. It's this is the probably the fourth time I'm saying this, but the shit that we've heard recently, um, right. the stuff she's singing about. Uh, I'll just do the first two verses here. Uh, so, Mr. Backlash, Backlash, who do you think I am? You raise my taxes, freeze my wages, send my son to Vietnam, mm. give me second class houses and second class schools. Do you think that all color people are just second class fools? Uh, it's this is not a conversation that's ended right it's still happening so right. um, uh, that all being said that is not my favorite song <laughs> But <laughs> I did want to give it some a shout out um, I just wrote anything Stevie wanted uh, <laughs> he, he opens up this whole thing and sets the tone and it's pretty dope so um, mm-hmm. I, again love this piano solos and the, the, the drum solos and his voice and his just oh, uh-huh. for the song it encompasses i wrote uh, max Roach's it's time oh. it's, It just felt like it's, it's time right like we're here like it's time like something's happening was kind of the feel i got from that song so i chose that one for the film but that's really the only reason it's more feel than anything else
2: mm. yeah that was a good one too mm. Uh, There's so many good songs. I mean, this is—is is this the best soundtrack that we've listened to yet? Uh, it's kind of tough, right? I mean,
1: it is tough. I mean, because it's it's a it's a you know, it is a music festival, right? Um, I still love uh, the big uh, the big chill. Hmm. And, and even like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is it's like we're listening to a festival <laughs> soundtrack from a festival. So yeah. I don't know. That, that is a I, tough one.
2: I was just listening to uh, the um, soundtrack for the second one, Guardians.
1: Actually, it's pretty good, actually so um and then well let me you said everyday people yep yeah sly the family stones set was pretty dope sing a simple song i want to take you higher also dope so i don't want to just skip over them they that was a significant part of the film
2: (laughs) yeah they were they they were um oh that that was, was it Sliding Family Stone? Yeah, I think so, right? That, I was, that was kind of a what the fuck moment where they were like in the middle of singing a song and then they just walked off the stage. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like they literally just stopped. And just walked
1: off the stage in the middle of, I was, I was like, "What? Wait, maybe what? that was just a sudden ending, bro." But they also, they also, someone also said like, "Just because Sly is on the bill doesn't mean he's gonna show up." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, so yeah, what are we, what are we ranking this film, man? Huh.
2: Um. This might be my first 10. Whoa. It might be. I mean, I don't really, there's not much wrong with this film at all. Except for, like, you know, the fact that, like we said, we were, it would be nice to learn a little bit more about the making of the film. But, you know, I guess they could. If they were creating a DVD package, they could just create like a separate DVD with that information. So, so I'm not going to really hold it against Naeem and put it in there. And be honest, there's so many music performances on this that he'd probably have to cut somebody out. So, because he's, I think he said the first edit for this was actually three hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, it, was, it was just under two, the final one.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my guns. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that ten is where I'm gonna stick the landing. They stuck the landing on this.
1: Uh, I am. <sighs> And maybe just no pressure Chris. yeah just too late for that um yeah uh it's it's tough it is tough to you know exactly what you said i wanted to know more about the making of and like the obstacles the making of the festival itself and the obstacles that they encountered and right. the making of the film and like what happened to this fucking film 50 years who found it like you said right. um and so that that stuff's kind of missing to me, uh, but yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I was trying to watch a three-hour film. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, this could I'm have
2: not... been a docuseries series. Actually, this should I mean, have been
1: like, yeah, that, that might have been better. Because, like, honestly, and there's also like, not. I didn't love everything. Like, the the gospel was like a little excessive for me. Mm-hmm. it was like they did a lot of gospel in this film and I was like okay 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 I get it mm-hmm. like, let's move on so I mean I'm, I'm planting it at 8.5 says so I think it's still a very solid <laughs> rating
2: what did you give what Woodstock do you remember
1: uh might have been a nine <laughs> because I got more detail I got more behind the scenes like they, 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 they talked about they talked about uh you know the 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 medical tent and like bands like canceling and like you know, I mean, it was just interesting just the, 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 the mm. process of getting it making it happen right and we didn't hear yeah. that much in this one so
2: yeah they definitely should have made this a series i think mm-hmm. this should have been like a 13 episode season series you could have done all the bands you could have done the making of and
1: more about the mayor more about the organizer
2: right yeah i mean and then do like the last episode could have been like where are they now type thing where you follow up with some of the old ba- the bands and the people. you know what
1: I, do you know what i gave woodstock what i gave woodstock a five you gave woodstock
2: okay well never mind
1: yep you know why? The reason why was because I, I, I wrote that I thought I had seen better documentaries on what's that.
2: You would be right because we just saw one. <laughs> well, there you have it. There you go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, <clears throat> what's what's coming up for
1: you? You, you, got know some- you know what's coming up for me, shit. Um, yeah, no, Dragon. To- yeah, so I just um, I, I performed a, a song at my friend Garv's wedding this weekend. Oh really? Uh, it was at Tribeca Rooftop. Huh. Uh, it was like 150 folks there. Uh, he requested all of me, so I covered John Legend's All of Me. Well, that's cool. And uh, wait, let me let me. As of right now, I might have broken. Oop, might happen. Ah, no, I'm at 6.99 followers on Instagram, but. Uh, that had, uh, there was a significant jump from from the wedding to now. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah, it was like a good dozen people just jumped on from from the oh, wedding. That's good. And then a guy that was working um, took a video and posted it. He's got twenty thousand followers, so some of his oh, followers wow are following me. So yeah, anyway, I just want to say that because I hadn't that was the first time performing since February twenty twenty. Wow! In front of a crowd, so it was I, I was shaking after super nervous so good Good warm up good warm up for the upcoming yeah uh, places of origin events next tuesday august 3rd i'll be performing for a couple hours uh, from 6 30 to 8 30 uh so hit us up if you want to invite it's a pretty private event exclusive but we can hook you up if you want. not um, you going to uh, do shooby dooby doo da day <laughs> I am not. Uh, and then I got my uh, gig with the full band on August 24th at Arlene's Grocery, 7 o'clock. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, after this performance, I'm starting to get super excited for uh, getting back in there.
2: Where's uh, have you heard anything from the bitter end? Are they still around? Are they open? They long?
1: are still around, yes. Oh, okay, I uh, actually, JT, our host for the 007 show, put me in contact with their booker. Uh, my my booker retired to, to, to the west coast, so oh, really? Yeah, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. I can get a new connection and, and get back in there. Hmm. What you got happening.
2: Uh, nothing. Got a couple of podcasts this week. Nothing major. Um, and um, yeah, no, nothing, nothing. I got nothing.
1: Great, awesome. Well, this has been a great episode of the download. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um well, this was good though. I mean, this was a uh, good that we got it uh, under our belt and um and then uh
1: what we've next, got next coming up on Wednesday, Black Widow. Black Widow. Wow. Wait. We're doing two new movies? Oh snap. Oh, no. We
2: have to close down shop.
1: Mm-hmm. The world cannot handle that shit. But we're going to do that as a part of our 007 podcast because it is very much so 007 inspired. So, yep. Uh, and we're going to be doing a series of those as well, like The Rock, Austin Powers, and mm-hmm. know, it's just a, a ton of <laughs> ones we can do. So,
2: yeah, there's so many. So, that'll be cool. I'm curious. I'm actually curious to see like what how JT liked it I, I won't I'm not going to mention anything on text message but I'm very curious as to his feedback after our um, last conversation about him going to see it
0: mm.
1: yep yeah, so we'll find out Wednesday stay yeah. tuned check out 007 podcast
2: find out if we have to kick JT off the, off the podcast or not
0: mm-hmm.
2: mm. All right, well, I guess that wraps it up for us. Um, I am Darren Jenkins.
1: I'm Chris Saunders.
2: And this was
0: the yeah. download.
2: See you guys.